Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. Or get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Yami Bros. Sir, yes, sir, we are back. Another week, another episode of the Me Bros podcast. I am one third of the trio, better known as the Me Bros. Damon here. Fellas, what's popping? Jeremy, Jeremy 85, what's going on, man? Y'all doing all right? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, it's it's been a week um, since we did our last podcast. We did the last right. podcast on last Tuesday. I talked about how 2021 was looking up. The next day, we had a capital riot. So I'm mean, at listen. 2021 has been an interesting year. I mean, I'm not sure we're, we're rivaling 2020 yet, but hey, look, we're surviving. The ne- next episode of Survivor starts this week, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, um, all that. Yeah, man, it's been good. My um, my Saints won a you know playoff game, so at least we start off to the right start. So um, you know, from my standpoint, it's been a great year. Yeah, Jared, I, I definitely agree with you. It's already been a uh, very much interesting year so far. Um, and it's hard to believe that the football season is almost over, man. Like, I'm, I'm really disappointed. But uh, let's uh, let's start getting into it, uh, fellas. First of all, shout out to everybody who's tuning in to us another week. Uh, thank you guys for uh, listening. Um, we got a lot to get into, so let's, let's, let's get it. Um, big deal this week, James Harden uh, traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, the trade involved a three-way deal, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, uh, four first round picks and four, four round pick swaps. Um, little tongue twister there, but, uh, let's talk about it, fellas. Jared, what do you think about this, uh, blockbuster trade? Well, I think we can take this from a couple angles, uh, from the Rockets. What they did was, uh, they were able to replace really the draft picks that they traded to get Russell Westbrook, um, because that's what James Harden wanted. Um, and I think what you end up with is there, I've said this for years. I think you have players that are really good, but there's really like, when, when you say superstars, there's like two or three of them in the league right now. The only, and I'll give, I'll give Kevin Durant the, the, the nod for that right now. And I'll say it's literally LeBron, Katie and stuff are the only three guys that I would quit playing. Uh, uh, quit playing. Those are the only three guys who I would give the team and say, this guy I believe can win a championship as the best player on a team. That guy can run a franchise through because the reality is you have a lot of these other guys like a Giannis, like a Kyrie, like a James Harden, where talent wise, they have it. Even Anthony Davis to an extent, he, he may develop into that talent wise. They have it, but this is why you can't give James, James Harden that, that much power. I think it's a, it's a terrible terrible trade for the Nets. If you look at ESPN, they graded the, the trade for the Nets as a D. I would agree with them. I may even say a D minus. ESPN. Vegas graded it more. Here's the thing. Vegas is, is about winning money. So what they're going to do is try to say, oh yeah, look at these odds. And all these people are going to bet on, on Vegas. And let me t- uh, on, on the Nets, let me tell you why it's a terrible trade. One, you have three of the most sensitive melodramatic stars in the league. Kevin Durant with his secret burner account, sending messages and stuff, talking about he had to leave Westbrook because of this. You got, you got Kyrie Irving who is on a sabbatical on zoom calls, 
going to birthday parties, skipping games, not calling the team. Uh, I mean, I mean, literally, uh, when I looked up Kyrie today and I was just looking up information on him from a stat line, and I think one of the funniest things I saw was on Basketball Reference, they put all the nicknames they have, and his nicknames were Uncle Drew and World Be Flat because this dude literally thought the world was flat. Next, we got James Harden, who Shannon Sharp is calling James Hardy's, who showed up looking like Mark Henry, literally. Uh, and you got three guys who Kevin Durant can play off the ball. Kyrie and James Harden, they're they're redundant. They're high usage, high dribbling, tough, difficult shot making guards who don't defend very well. James Harden can defend in the post. He can't defend on the perimeter. Kyrie can't really defend at all. And I think what you're getting now is this is what when everybody looked at Miami and they said, oh, look, the Heat are a super team because they have three. They have this big three. Although I would tell you that from a, a, a accolade standpoint and all those, Kyrie Irving is a more has more accolades than Chris Bosh at that at that time. But even if we compare those teams, what a lot of people didn't realize is you need depth. Depth because when you played in those games, you don't need depth. You need depth <laughs> because if people remember, the thing that allowed them to be able to win two championships was LeBron could play point guard in some series. LeBron could play power forward in some series. He could switch and utilize his versatility to make sure the matchups lended the way of the Heat. The, the, you know, you want to know who the backup center is for the, the Brooklyn Nets? Jeff Green. You want to know who the backup power forward is for the Nets? Jeff Green. Literally, they have no size. DeAndre Jordan, everybody's like, oh, yo, he'll be starting. DeAndre's terrible now. They played the other night when Jared Allen was still on the team. They played the Nuggets with Jokic. Jokic was going off. DeAndre Jordan was a healthy scratch. There's not a guy on that team who can guard Anthony Davis. There's not a guy on that team who can guard Giannis for a series. They have nobody who can block and protect at the rim. And if you can't protect at the rim, you're not going to win. Last thing I'll say, I think this is a, a, I think there's two parts of this. One, everybody thinks they're winning the East. It's going to be tough to win these, and I'm not telling you they can't. They could win a championship. But if they, 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 they will they hit some. But let, let, there's let a better me, chance of them sweeping the East than it is for them actually losing a series. Jeremy, here, here's the thing: they match up in a series versus the Heat, and they go, and "Who's guarding Bam? Who's guarding? Uh, who's Bam? Who, Bam scores like 15 points a game. What are you talking about, Jeremy? Bam guard. Bam can score whenever he wants to. We're we're not going to outweigh yeah, Bam. No, Bam. Bam's not athletic. I mean, not not offensively skilled. He's just not. I mean, he's Jeremy, great passer. Bam can hit a, hit a mid range jumper and post. We're yeah. like, Jeremy. Jeremy Bam is averaging seventeen point four and nine. Let's not act like Bam is is Jeremy, not. Jeremy, okay, let's let's seventeen point four. That's okay. So he's he's putting up. I mean, who's not? I mean, who who and does average seventeen points? Jim and he he's he's one of the defensive players of the year candidates. So when you're looking at the way this, the the lineups are going to be set up. Jimmy Butler can defend. They have a lot. Avery Bradley can defend. They have a lot. Andre Iguodala can defend and has gone versus KD in practice for years. Yeah. They have they have Andre lots Iguodala's of guys. Years old. Listen, they have all these guys, all these experience, all these shooters, and it's going to boil down to all right. You may you may be able to 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 get high a few games, but we can lock up and we got shooters. They got you got Boston, who I don't expect to be. The threat that that they should be because I don't think Kemba's really 100 percent still. I don't know if he will ever really 
recover to what he was in Charlotte. But you got Milwaukee, which is going to be a tough out. You got a lot of teams that people are looking at. Philly is going to be – who's going to Joel Embiid on that team? And and Ben Simmons is an elite defender. And they got Seth Curry, who's shooting sure. the ball at, at an unbelievable clip. Danny Green, a lot of experience. Doc Rivers. I think everybody that's looking at this Nets team and thinks they're just, oh, now they put this thing together. I think there's a much higher probability of you putting these matches and gasoline together that there's a, a an explosion of, of terror than an explosion uh, or, or, of good, to say the least. Okay. Uh, let's just get into it because... Hi, Jeremy. Yeah, what do you got to say about this? This is pure nonsense. Um, first off, you're putting the three best offensive players in the league, three best scorers, on the same team. Stats don't say that. Eyes don't say that, but go ahead. What stats don't say that? The efficiency ratings don't say that. Neither one – James Harden nor Kyrie Irving have ever shot over 50% for their careers. They're not three of the two, three of the top – or two of the top three. Jared, do, all right, all right. so we've got the most efficient scorer of all time in, in DeAndre Jordan on the team. Like, at a certain point, you got to stop looking at these stats. Jeremy, is, here's the thing. If DeAndre Jordan could average – he shoots 67% for, for a season or something. If DeAndre no, Jordan – He shoots 67%. Sure. He's the most efficient scorer okay. of all time. And, and it's, it's because it's all dunks. But I guarantee you this. If you told me DeAndre Jordan <laughs> could could take 20 shots a game and still shoot 67%, I would rather – if he could dunk the ball 20 times a game, I'm giving the ball to DeAndre Jordan and saying, go ahead, go ahead and dunk 20 Jared, times Jared, who's, who's, who's the more efficient scorer right now by the stats? LeBron or Kyrie? Over the last five games or seven games? It's Kyrie. Over the season. Over the season, who's, over who's the season which is score? seven games, right? Huh? Over the season, which means it's over seven games. So what are we, what are we comparing? I'm comparing their last I'm comparing their last few years. I'm comparing their last seasons. I'm not going to compare a seven-game sample. Okay, okay. So, so, so last season, All right, Jeremy, Kyrie shot, point. shot 49% from the field and shot 42% from three. Now, you he tell played, me somebody else is more percent. Right? Okay, Jared. So he shot over forty eight percent the last four seasons he played. So which one do you want to talk about? Because he's played more than nineteen. He hadn't shot over fifty, but that's good. Forty percent is good. Jared, you you can come over fifty. He's taking seven, eight threes a game. Like nobody, nobody shoots over fifty percent taking that many threes. Now LeBron can shoot that when he's taking all these dunks. Yeah, LeBron can shoot over forty eight or over fifty percent. Yeah, but you know what happens when he goes to the free throw line? He shoots sixty percent. And you know what happens with Kyrie? He hasn't missed a free throw all season. He's played seven uh, I mean, games. I'm being, I'm being facetious. He shoots like Shaq. He's <laughs> and Kyrie, what we can't do with Kyrie is act like, oh, look at his numbers. Kyrie never plays. Kyrie's played less games over the last two seasons than literally okay. almost every but, starter Jared, in the league. Okay, so, so is your argument that they won't play together so they won't win, or when they play together, they won't win? Which one is the argument? I, I just I need to know which I one we think. I think it's all of the above. I think the likelihood of Kyrie being – one, mentally engaged, two, physically healthy, and three, blending well as the number three option. I think the likelihood of all three Who of those number three option? Everybody says he's the number three option. Kyrie's not, yeah. not, Kyrie's not the player of James Harden. Like, what are we talking about? Clarence Clue is number Jared, three Jared, option. Jared, what, what, is, what is James Harden better at than Kyrie? Everything. No, he's literally not better at anything. He's, not, he's a worse <laughs> he's shooter. Not he's, he, he's a worse shooter. He's a worse <laughs> ball handler. He shoots the worst percentage from free throw line to three point line and from two. Oh, he doesn't take more shots than Kyrie. That's literally the only thing he's better at Kyrie in. He's not better at anything than Kyrie. Kyrie's a much better shooter than he is. Kyrie's a career 39% three point shooter. Kyrie, as much as people want to say, oh, Larry Bird's one of the greatest shooters of all time, Kyrie shoots the ball 
if you look at any stat level, way better than Larry Bird, and he's still the greatest ball handler of all time. But Jeremy, here's the, here's the problem I have with, with the whole analogy. If you look at them outside of Kyrie's time with LeBron, and you look at James Harden for his career, and you look at Kevin Durant outside of his time on the super team with the Warriors. And we look at LeBron outside of his time playing with an all-star. Well, an all-star is different from playing with a super team. No, 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 because Kyrie's never played with an all-star outside of time with Kyrie. Jason Taylor and Al Horford and Jalen Brown, that team made the conference finals I'll say every year. When he had Brandon Ingram, he got injured. That's what happened. Okay, so so you just got to talk about Kyrie. Uh, what's called has been injured. Kyrie's been injured. He he's been LeBron's injured. Been injured once in eighteen years. Seriously, Kyrie's been injured yeah. once every yeah. year since he's been in the league. Sure, yeah, this is my point. You bring up um, you bring up injuries for LeBron. Now, keep in mind, we acted like we can't blame the injury on Stephen of losing to LeBron after he missed three weeks and came back like and played the, the, the next three weeks of games. LeBron came back with three months to play, only two games out of the sure. playoffs. Jeremy, he didn't have three weeks. Uh, we can't act like he came back three weeks. He came back and played the Portland series, which went another f- four or five games since when he came back. Then he played no, a seven game. went a seven game series with the Thunder before he and then he had five days off or whatnot before they started the series versus versus the Cavs. No, they, so they had five games off between series. Five days. Okay. okay. At the end of the day, they got the most talented team on a on a roster. What's going to happen is they're going to destroy everybody. Jared's talking about what is Bam going to do. What are they going to do with Bam? Uh, I, Bam and Ben Simmons, as good as they are, you know, as players, Kyrie, they will have a hard time guarding Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Then Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie will have guarding anybody on their entire roster. All you got to do with Giannis is wall off a paint. They can do that with DeAndre Jordan. We had like DeAndre Jordan was an All NBA defender three years ago. At the end of the day, ago, he's not good anymore. Jay's thirty-two years old. At the end of the day, he'll be all right. Player of the year and was out of the league four years later. Okay, so we'll see how it goes. So, I'm Damon. Can you make sure that we were we're, we're going to keep this um this uh message on tap? So when they beat the LeBron and them, I don't want to hear this whole LeBron has had to place all these super teams and these teams keep teaming up to play LeBron. Blah 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 blah. You know how they like to do. So let's let's keep this let's keep this um for the record. We'll keep that. And last thing I will say is I think this all. I mean this this week with Kyrie, um, I mean going to the birthday parties and skipping the team, all that stuff. I think can we put to rest the idea? As I've said, I've said on this podcast since we started, Kyrie is not a foundational piece. He's too flaky. He's a chandelier. I said you can't build a team around a guy that's that flaky and that injury prone. I think we we can You're get to the point right now. I mean, I that, agree. I mean, at this point, I, I, I was I would can't say, say this. Jeremy. There's no way that if you had a blank check and somebody said, "Okay, get a team." Kyrie is not going to be in your top five people in the NBA that you. No, was, he's not. Hey, I'm going to build a team right here. You know him. what? I'll tell you what. He Kyrie is was as much as people talk about him. Who wants to play with Kyrie? Jimmy Butler said he, anybody in the NBA he pick he pick Kyrie. Kevin Durant pick Kyrie. James Harden want to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. LeBron had. Two max spots available, and they had to go trade for somebody because nobody wanted to play with them. And Jared tells you me LeBron's a financial I think piece. The, I think you saying that nobody wants to play with Le- LeBron James is absolutely crazy. He's the most unselfish superstar. That, that's the most. That's, that is like, the most false well, statement like, ever, ever made. First off, with LeBron and get a ring. Here's, here's the thing. First off, you only get a ring with playing with LeBron if you got eight other superstars on the team with you. Secondly, 
You're talking about the most that. unselfish, the most unselfish. LeBron's one of the most selfish superstars in the league as far as a player. He always plays. He always plays on the ball. He can't play off ball. He takes still twenty shots a game generally, at least. I mean, you're talking about like people talked about Kobe, like Kobe was a ball hog, but yeah, mm-hmm. LeBron takes more shots per game for his career than Kobe did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he his makes his usage rate. Like his you can't usage rate, LeBron. You can't. His usage rate is higher than Kyrie's. Where people say, "Oh, how are they gonna play together?" The usage rate is higher than Kyrie's, and it's a fact. It's been higher than Kyrie's Here every Here's season. Is what you gotta understand. Like for the average just NBA watcher like I am, what the hell is the usage rate? Like, what is uh, that? Ha, ha. The percentage of the ball is in your hand. <laughs> but Jeremy, Jeremy, and his usage rate is higher. His usage rate is like three times higher than Kyrie's. Jerry, it's not. Jeremy averaged right. ten assists a game last year. Let's Kyrie keep it in the seven. NBA. Let's keep it in the NBA. Let's talk about my boy down in uh, in in the, in the hometown of Charlotte. Um, let's talk about Lamelo Ball, man. Um, start with you, Jeremy. What do you think about him so far? Are you impressed? Do you think it's the uh, the, the the situation he's in? Um, let's talk about Lamelo for a little bit. I like Lamelo. Uh, I think Lamelo's talented. I think he's clearly more talented than Lonzo. I think he's a better player already than Lonzo. Um, I still don't see superstar. I see the solid NBA starter, uh, maybe Kelly Oubre level, uh, somewhere like that. I I don't see superstar. Um, First off, I don't know what LeVar did in order to make his kids shoot so terribly from a from a form standpoint because his shot is awful looking. He's, he's still not shooting a high enough percentage for, for where he needs to get to in order to be able to, to really be a star in the league. Um, I think he shot shooting like maybe 39% from the field um, for for the season. And, and while it's still early, he's still a rookie. I will, obviously, I'd like, I'd like to see that go up a lot. But um, – Overall, I think it's um, I think he's on his way to being maybe an all star in the East at some point, but I don't see him being a superstar. I just don't see it. Um, love the way he rebounds. I thought his answer was funny about uh about his rebounding. Asked him, you know, how do you become such a great rebounder at this age? He said, I just played twenty one a lot when I was growing up. So uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, but, yeah. That was pretty funny. He was dead um, serious too. Yeah, he was. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like his confidence too, which I think. Uh, can be you know, obviously uh, a huge asset for him, but um, yeah, he, he he's a dog. He has no no fear, and uh, I think they I think they took him right where he needed to go. I think he's going to be right behind Wiseman and uh, and uh, Edwards whenever it comes to the draft. So that's where I, that's where I think he um, I think they got the draft right. I think they right. got it completely wrong. I think Lamelo Ball is going to be a superstar. Um, I mean, LaMelo Ball right now leads all rookies in points, rebounds, assists, steals. Shot attempts. And, and, and you're looking at it, though. I mean, even if you, you talk about shot attempts, I mean, tonight he had he was 6 of 14, 14 points, 11 assists, 6 boards, 2 of 5 threes. This season he's shooting over 34% from three-point range. And, and and the fact of the matter is this. There is and, – and I like I like the players in front of him. I like Wiseman. I think Wiseman is going to develop into a good player. Um, I, I like Anthony Edwards, although I, I question his shot making. I, I question the fit of him in Minnesota because I think he's just developing bad habits. It's him, Malik Beasley, who's a shot taker all the time. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, who's a bad shot taker all the time. And Carl Anthony Towns, who is a bad shot taker all the time. I, I just don't I don't like the fit with him there. I don't think he's going to develop the way he should, although he's extremely talented. But what they don't have is this. If you're going to win a championship in today's game, the likelihood is you're going to have to be somebody that's around six six to six nine, 
and and have an ability to make a shot and be a, a playmaker. If you look at the players that are winning championships, and you can go all the way back to 2011, 2010, uh, 2009. I mean, Kobe, 6'6", wing is the best player on the team. Next championships, Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki is a, is a seven-foot guy who could post, and, and, and he, he was less of a facilitator, but still longer stretch four. Then it's LeBron the next two. Then it's the uh, you got those Spurs who win. They have a Kawhi who wins the the most the uh, MVP of the finals. But still, there was more of just of a deep team. But Kawhi is the guy. You go to the Warriors and all those stuffs. The best player they had great wings. They had Iggy and they had Draymond. Then it's LeBron. Then it's KD back to back years. Then it's Ka- uh, Kawhi. Now it's LeBron. You got to have a guy who can play that role. And I don't think you can win a championship at this point. With a with Wiseman being the best player in the league, unless he develops into just a, a dominant offensive force at seven feet, or with a six four two guard combo guard like a James Harden, where, where we've seen a ton of those guys put up a ton of big numbers, but not since Dwayne Wade in 06 have we seen that guy be the best player on a team and win a championship. So I think Lamelo is, is in the right place. I think when you have a I think one of the things that you see is when you have a, a guy that's a star, a huge personality, is usually best when they're young to put them in a smaller market, allows them less distractions. Uh, so I think Charlotte's the perfect place. Having Jordan to help mentor him, I think is going to help a, a, a tremendously. He's got two guards in front of him, so they're coming. They're slowly bringing him along off the bench. But I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over as a starter and the star of that team. And I think he's going to be a superstar in the making. I would tell you he's probably a All NBA caliber player by year three or four. I, I see him. I see nothing but, but ceiling for him. Um, as his owner said, the, the, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think him and Taylor Horton took Tucker are going to be uh pretty, pretty uh, much in competition. in Those all-star games you're talking about. I mean, they can't be in competition in different conferences, but yes. Yeah. I think, the way he sees the court, his vision, uh, he's creative. He's scrappy. I mean, being able to rebound like that, just off of his really just eyes. You know what I mean? Like he just has a yeah. great feel for the game. Uh, I mean, shout out to to say what you want about Lavar, but three grown men in the NBA is crazy and absolutely nuts. And shout I would, I will say one thing too is Jonathan Gavoni, who's the guy who uh, runs the scouting for ESPN. Before the draft happened, and he, he scouts a lot of the international players, he's he compared Lamelo to Luca's profile coming out, and I see it. I mean, he, they're both not extremely athletic, but crafty, good at grabbing rebounds. They can pass. Both of them have somewhat suspect shots, but can hit threes. Both of them are shooting around the same 34, 33, that range as starting their career. But I think I both think of them are more athletic than Luca. He may be slightly more. Athletic. He's definitely more athletic than Luca is right now because Luca's are. Uh, out of shape, but I think both of them are, or I, I do see the comparisons and I think he could develop into that kind of a caliber player. Although I don't think he'll be as good of a score. I think he might be a, a slightly better passer. Then Luca. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, you watch, I mean, 11 assists again Lamella's tonight. Bad. I was watching Lamella. highlights from the night. LaMelo's good. He's not, a bit, to, to me, Luca's best attribute out of his entire game is his passing. I don't, I don't think it's anything else. He's, he's, I mean, he scores a lot, but I think, I think he's really crafty against the rim, but as far as shooting, can't shoot at all. Um, but I think his biggest attribute is that he can he can make plays for other people. I don't I don't think I don't think Lamella I don't see Lamella being as good a passer as Luca. I think Luca is going to be 
um, you know, go down as one of the greatest passers of all time. Wow, all time. All right. Well, uh, I mean, outside of the, the greatest big man passer of all time, right now, he's already uh on is playing right now. He's about to lead the league in assists at seven foot two. <laughs> uh, I think the best passers of all time, from a a superstar standpoint, is Magic and LeBron. Um, but I digress. Um, let's let's move on to some. I, mean, I, I would agree if you're not including like John Stockton guys like that as super. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like I don't want to like disrespect like the John Stocktons and like the Steve Nashes and all those guys. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you're talking Isaiah about like, like yeah, top like twenty players all time, yeah, I would agree. But like guys who like really, really, you know what I mean. And not saying Isaiah is not really doing it, but yeah, let, let me stop. But uh, let's keep yeah. it going, fellas. Let's get into some NFL. Um, Andre Johnson has some choice words to say about the Texans. Um, he told he gave gave Deshaun a little uh, open um, advice, if you want to call it. Um, let's talk about Deshaun and his uh, and, and and what's going on in 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 Houston. Is he going to stay there? I know they just fired Jack Easterby. Hope I'm saying his name right today. Yeah. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy. Let's and we'll go to Jerry, but since since that's his uh that's home squad, so let's start with you on this, Jeremy. Let, let's have this conversation, and then we can lead the Texans in the past, like every other team that's not in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I think overall, uh, Deshaun is upset and he's flexing his muscle as he should. And I think they're starting to make, they didn't think they had to do that. I, I think, I think sometimes when, when you got a nice guy, who's a team first player, you think you can do whatever you want and he's not going to, he's not going to flex on you. And Deshaun pretty much went in and said, look, I'm that guy. I know I'm that guy. And this is what's going to happen or else I'm going to ask for a trade. And so you're seeing them starting to make some changes now, which is good. Unfortunately for Deshaun, I don't think they're going to trade him, which he probably needs. Um, And the rest of his team has little talent and they have little draft capital and they don't have very much cap space. So those are three things that you want to have if you want your team to be terrible for the next three or four years. So um, as we talked about, I talked about with Jared. Jared thinks they have a chance of, of really making some noise in the, in the near future. I don't see it. Um, and I think they're going to be terrible for some time. Jared, Jared, let's talk about your boy Deshaun, man. Um, I know you don't feel like switching squads. You're going to have to dial up American Express um, and get your jersey <laughs> swapped. So, you know, are you planning on moving moving teams? Where, where, where would you like your your new team location to be? Yeah, man. I, to be a hundred percent honest, I am. I am ready. I'm done. Uh, I I, I want to go somewhere else. I, I, there's <laughs> the, uh, the, the uh, I feel like Jaden Jaden Smith on the new Karate Kid. He said, "I hate it here." And he's <laughs> like, I, that's that's what I feel. Let me let me give you guys. At least you know it, man. You know you you follow players, not teams. Oh yes. No, man, Jared, me... Jared changes Jared changes teams like. I've, I've changed a lot teams. of people change couches. No, I've, I've changed. I've changed NFL teams like three times. I was a Dolphins fan up until 2006. Then I became a Vince Young fan, which meant I was a, a Titans fan and a, a, a Eagles fan for like a year. And then after I left the Titans, I went to the Houston Texans. So the, the, the reality is this: this is this is the most. And, and from if, when you're listening to like the reports. And Damon, you said they fired Jack Easterby. The reports are that they are going to fire Jack Easterby, but that has not happened yet. And this is the problem. Apologize, apologize. You're fine. Jack Easterby is this religious 
uh, leader who was in like New Life, or was it Young Life, or whatever the the organizations and stuff were. And they said he he kind of has Cal McNair, the owner of the Texans, in like a cult where he's really like he was like his spiritual advisor, and now he's somehow like gotten this dude to like listen to everything he says. So let me just I'm gonna I don't want to take up too much time going through it, but let me just tell you a part of why the dysfunction of the Texans. So I, I, I'll give a shout out to Greeny on ESPN because he went through a segment on this today where he talked about, he said, Deshaun Watson this year became the fourth quarterback in NFL history to complete over 70% of his passes and average over eight and a half yards per attempt for an entire season. The three quarterbacks to do that in NFL history before him were Drew Brees, Joe Montana, and Steve Young. What did all three of those quarterbacks have in common? All three of those quarterbacks that year won the Super Bowl. And the Texans were 4-12. and And they were 4-12 and because they ranked 32nd in rushing offense. And defensively, ESPN has been doing, they've ranked defensive efficiency for the last 15 years. So since 2006. The Texans this year ranked two, a 478th out of 480 defenses over the last 15 years that ESPN has been grading them out. So not only do you have this dysfunction, they're 20 million over the cap right now for next year when the cap is going down. They don't have a first round pick or a second round pick. And I think at the end of the day, from all the reports, Deshaun is not going back there. And and you you take an organization where they continue to make bad decisions. They the owner brought in Deshaun Watson and said, hey look, we want you to be a part of the uh, discussions for bringing in a general manager. They hired a firm to search for the general manager. And this is why I don't think Deshaun's coming back. This is bigger than football at this point. Deshaun says they're not for the culture. That's what Deshaun said. For what happened was Deshaun, they, they interviewed, they, they hired a firm, Corn Ferry, to find their general manager. Corn Ferry recommended two minority candidates. Uh, first was Amir Khan from the, uh, the Steelers. The other one was Lewis Riddick was their second place. And then the Texans decided, no, we're just going to hire this white guy from the Patriots who they continue to hire from. Then they asked Deshaun beforehand, who you want to be your coach? He said, I want Eric Bieniemy. That's the guy who, if I had my choice, I'd pick. There were six teams that before the Eagles this week announced that Doug Peterson was fired. The other five teams all requested interviews with Eric Bieniemy. The Texans were the only team not to request an interview. And then after Deshaun comes out and the reports are that he wants to trade, oh, now you guys interview four black coaches this week. Oh, surprise, surprise. Eric Bieniemy finally gets a call. So last week when he was on a bye week, had nobody to prepare for, and you could have done an interview via Zoom, which you did like the rest of them for two hours. Oh, you didn't, freak, you, you didn't need to. This week he's got a game to prepare for. Oh, yeah, let me just submit that little request. And let me, you know, Marvin Lewis and – Oh, good. Jim Caldwell. They even interviewed the wide receivers coach from the Ravens. Listen, I know about every black coach in the league. I didn't even know who this dude was. So the reality is this. Deshaun said they weren't they weren't a supporter when it, it came to Black Lives Matter and the, 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 the issues of social justice. They haven't had a history of hiring black coaches or, or black executives. They fired the black executive they had before Rick Smith, who had done an excellent job to build that 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 entire core. And I think Deshaun's going to hold out. From what we're hearing, um, the, the talk is that Deshaun may threaten to retire or to not play for that team until they make a trade. 
I expect the offers to be high. Um, whether it's the Dolphins or the 49ers, the, the Dolphins, I think, has the most to offer. The, the word is that they could trade Tua, the number three pick, the number, I think, 36 pick, and maybe Xavier Howard, um, who might win Defensive Player of the Year because Xavier is, is reportedly just hired a new agent, is expecting to hold out with three years left on his deal. And Xavier Howard is from Houston, Texas. Uh, so there, there's a report that that could happen. There's also a report that the 49ers are looking at maybe trading Jimmy Garoppolo and two, three first-round picks, whatever it takes to get Deshaun. I think either one of those teams, if Deshaun goes to San Francisco with that defense and Debo Samuel and that running game and George Kittle, I mean, just go ahead and lock up the lock up the Lombardis because uh, we're coming to get them. I mean, that's that's basically what it's all about. All right. I, I, I mean, I, I have faith in Deshaun. Deshaun's always uh... – He's always proven his value, even at Clemson, you know. So I, I hope, but I hope he goes was goes where where's going to be best for him and his career. So, oh, um, last thing I, I did want to say real quick, and, yeah. uh, and Andre Johnson's quotes. So Andre Johnson tweeted, and his tweet said verbatim, I not, not verbatim, and I'm, I'm just kind of whatever. So he said, "Don't let." The, he said, "Stay in your ground." He said the Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. <laughs> he said since Jack Easterby got there, nothing positive has happened in the organization. All bad. And he said is somehow somebody doesn't see it. Ridiculous. And DeAndre Hopkins retweeted it and said, "When Dre speaks, listen." DJ Reader liked it and retweeted it. Kareem Jackson, a former player, liked and retweeted it. Arian Foster liked and retweeted it. I mean, you you had like 10 former players, and you had some current players, Jordan Aikens, other guys who liked it, retweeted it, whatever. So the culture of this guy is that bad. And to, to top it off, to say how, how unusual it is for Andre Johnson to say something, this was Andre Johnson's first tweet that was not an ad for Crown Royal since April 2019. This dude never says anything, and he worked. He worked at, uh, for the Texans organization up until earlier this year, where he said, "I can't deal with it anymore." So he knows the inner workings. And for somebody like him who never talks and hasn't tweeted for two years to just out of the blue come off the top rope like the Undertaker, I mean, I think it tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, man, um, that definitely was a, uh, a a telling tweet that he sent out a couple days ago talking about that. So. Hopefully that uh that that can help Deshaun, you know, make make the best decision for him, especially with him, you know, working for the Texas organization. But yeah, let's keep it moving, fellas. Uh, Bills versus Ravens, Saints versus Bucks, Packers, Rams, Chiefs, Browns. The weekend's about to be crazy, fellas. Uh, let's talk about these matchups. Uh, who do you guys have uh coming out victorious, and who do you think is going to be some of these sleepers uh, that are going to be playing this weekend? Let's start with you, Jeremy. Um, as far as the weekend, man. I think it's going to be a lot of chalk. Uh, I really do. The only upset I see possibly is uh, I think Lamar is, is on a mission now. I actually had the Bills and the Ravens in my um, in my uh, AFC Championship game. But, you know, I thought that the Steelers would likely squeeze out a close game against the Browns, and then that would have made the Bills Steelers the game and the Ravens. I thought the Ravens were going to take out the uh, – we're going to take out the uh, the Chiefs, so I am actually still going to pick the I'm going to pick the Ravens to to pull off the upset, man. I think the the Browns could give uh, 
the Chiefs some trouble just with their running game. Uh, I feel like they're really, really good in their scheming. And then also, What's I mean, Nick Chubb's a beast. Game, Jeremy? I think huh? it's plus three. I think it's Bills plus th- I mean, Bills minus three, I believe. No, no, that, that Chiefs Browns game. Last I checked it was seven, seven and a half. That's a um that's an interesting line. Like I, I yeah. like the Browns. They're confident. They're confident. Yeah, right? they are. Now now do I think they can win? No. I mean they almost blew a twenty eight point lead to the Steelers. But um <laughs> Wait, re- really quickly, it's ten points. It's up to ten. I might go Browns. That line scares me, and, and, and the reason I say that is um, I don't trust the Browns, but Kansas City hasn't won a game by double digits in the last eight weeks. Um, I mean, Kansas City, they're not the same Kansas City team as they were last year. But here, here's the thing yeah. I was and, – and I'll talk about they They've had a lot of the games where it seemed really close at the end, but they were yeah. leading by a ton. And there was – like even the game versus the Bucks and the Saints, like the Saints had a shot if they recovered that ball in the end zone. But there wasn't a time in the fourth quarter where I was like, oh, they're going to lose the game. Um, neither yeah, was there, it. There were, I mean, but there was there was never a time in the fourth quarter where the Saints had the ball with a chance to take the lead. No, but uh, I mean, they the Saints scored. They were down three, and basically they had to, they got a first down on third down on a third down pass, like a, a tough completion to to Kelsey, um, or else the Saints probably get the ball back and win. So. Um, but you can say that. But here's the thing, though, and this is this is what I all say about Mahomes, and we and I don't want to cut you off. I'll get I'll, I'll say this and get back. Let you let you take back over your time. Uh, I'll, I'll see it as they say on the hill. Um, but if you look at uh, at Mahomes, if it's the end of the game, dog, this dude is so accurate, and it may be like, look, man, that dude's clutch. Like what what you can't deny is if if it's a chance for Mahomes to come back and put you away. Or as a chance for Mahomes to 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 end the game, dude, you you better rely on a drop because it ain't gonna be a bad pass. <laughs> dude, it's oh, gonna yeah, be. Ma- I mean, Mahomes is true. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I just think they've played a lot of close games, and you know, there's there's always a lot of stuff that kind of goes their way in games. And there's times where you know, if the Falcons don't drop an interception, they lose the Falcons. Um. You know, another Clemson player messing up, Jared. I hate to throw it out there, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, it's, there's just, yeah. it, it's just it's just one of those things that we're like against us. We kick the kick the onside out or kick that fumble out of the end zone. You got um, what's the other game they played right before that? The Bucks game they pretty much dominated. The, the Dolphins game they pretty much dominated. But I mean, there's a lot of situations to where, like, hey, this could go differently. Oh, the Saints game, we dropped like two picks. And uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that 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 to me could make their games closer than, than they need to be. And the last thing you want you want to be you want a team that's confident in close games, but you don't want a team that's in so many close games that all of a sudden, hey, you know, we we've been ignoring all these issues, but we still been winning, so we kept it up, and then all of a sudden we lost. That's that's really what happened with Seattle. Um, you know, Seattle is winning a bunch of games, and. Uh, you know, at a certain point, your luck runs out. All right, cool, man. Um, yeah, Jerry, what do you? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna turn to you, man. What do you think about these games coming up? Who do you, who do you favor, and who do you think is gonna be the uh, the sleeper game or the sleeper team? Look, I think, I think the Saints are gonna beat the Bucks. Um, I, I feel, I don't feel great about that, just because. Like there's something weird going on, and 
as much as I, I see the matchup and they, I, I think the Bucks have, have uh, been dominated by the Saints, so I expect them to, to, to lose. It's just, I mean, Antonio Brown looks like Antonio Brown again. Um, does he, he? He does. He's got five straight games with a touchdown. Um, he had two it, catches last game, though. I mean, one of them was a, a big touchdown catch. Like, at the end of the day, he may not get a ton of targets, but he's making the most out of them. And you're looking at, um, you know, the the way I look at the game is this. The Saints need to take over that game quickly, and they need to dispatch them early on like they like like they did in the last game because I think the longer that game goes on, the longer it's a close game, the more concern I'd have. Um, I think the reality is – so I expect the Saints to win. The reality for me is as much as I would love for the Ravens to win, I like Lamar Jackson. Uh, I root for the kid and, and – you know, you see a lot of the, the comments and things he says. Like, I, he says the right things. I like him. I don't think they're beating the Bills. There's there's a couple of reasons why I don't think they're beating the Bills. One, Josh Allen's playing really well. Two, Tremaine Edwards, the linebacker, is not somebody you want to run on. I think the reality is if, if Lamar Jackson runs and he sees that dude – it ain't no juking that guy. I'm not saying you can't juke him. I'm saying you don't need to even take that chance because he's 6'5", 245 pounds, and he's running downhill nonstop. If he catches Lamar, it'd be a long day in the neighborhood. So I think the reality yeah. is I think – what? If you're running full speed and you think you're going to hit Lamar, you're basically going to run right past him. He's All you got to do is guess right once. I may, miss, I may miss him four straight times. If I guess right once, he ain't running no more. And I think the 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 thing that we'll see is this. I think the Bills are going to constantly put pressure on that defense. I still don't trust the Ravens' defense. They were able to, to to gang up and stop the run last week, but their pass rush still hasn't been excellent. And uh, I think they'll be able to, to guard um, Stephon Diggs with, with Humphrey, but there's still a lot of speed on that field. They still got to have somebody that guards the slot. I don't think they guard the slot extremely well with Cole Beasley. John Brown on the other side has, you know, lightning speed. I, and and they're creative. I think I think the Bills win the game. Um, next, I would probably tell you. Um, obviously, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Obviously, I think the Packers are going to win. Um, but I, I think overall, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a close weekend. I think the Rams game is the one that I, I look at and say, hey, keep your eye on because if you beat the Packers, the way you beat the Packers is you run the ball and you have a defensive line who can get pressure on Aaron Rodgers and make him uncomfortable. And although Aaron Donald is banged up, he said he's definitely playing this week. And as I told you guys before the season started, I said for rookie of the year, and this is the wrong pick, but I said a guy I wouldn't sleep on would be Cam Akers for the Rams because he was the number one running back out of high school, and he went to Florida State for some godforsaken reason, and that they made him look terrible, which is the only reason why he was a second-round pick. And if you looked at him over the last five starts he's had, I mean, last week he had – 176 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. I mean, he can control that clock. So uh, that would be one to keep your eye out on. All right. Cool, fellas. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Let me go ahead and give my takes on this. Um, I've got Lamar winning a close game uh, against um, Josh Allen's Bills. I've got the Saints losing. Yes, I said it. I have the Saints losing <laughs> to Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. Let's go. 
too much talent, but I, I think they're going to catch the Saints slipping. The Saints been playing well for too long. I just feel like, um, I just uh, you know, I just I just feel like they they've won like games for too I long. It. I think it's, I think it's time. Um, I um, I see the Packers beating the Rams convincingly. Um, Aaron Rodgers is being Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I see Chiefs winning a, a tight game within seven points uh, over the Browns. So you know, if the Browns get, I think they're at you know ten points right now, underdog. So um, you know, I would I would uh, book that bet. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. It's one of my favorite weekends, um, and kind of a weekend where it's bittersweet because going forward, it's only but what three more games left. So. Uh, that no, kind of no. sucks, but definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, seven, seven total, but yeah, three more after this week. Yeah, yeah, man. So um, let's get into some bets, fellas. Jared was down seven fifty last week. Wow, got to talk about this. Uh, and now he's uh, now he's down for the season, guys. Five hundred and fifty dollars. So he's got to make some moves. Uh, Jeremy was up two fifty last week, and he's up two fifty uh, for the season. So um, yeah, he he kind of put some put some distance between. Uh, you, Jared. So let's talk about it. Um, Jared, what do you have to say about last week, man? Seven hundred fifty dollars down. Yeah, um, man. I, I can say, man. Yourself. It was a uh, it was a rough week, man. Um, I had some picks that I thought I was on the right side of, um, and I still feel like I might have been on the right side of the pick. It's just you know some certain things happen. You look at the the Washington Bucks game. I think I was I was on the right side. It ended up being a push. It was eight points. The problem is this. Um, Taylor Heineke balled out. I can't take that away. There were some bad calls that went against them. There was a couple unfortunate things that happened. There was a third down uh, where he he the it was clearly pass interference. The guy hit, gets there a second early, hits him uh, on third down. They get a stop. They were, if he catches it there in field goal range, that makes it a cover. There's an interception where um, ball gets batted up into the air. Defensive lineman catches it, but still, hey. With all that being said, it was an eight points. It ended up being an eight point game. All right, tough break. Um. Next, the Browns yeah, game. Yeah, left out the I, fact that the that the Bucks missed the extra point, which would have made it a nine point game. Yeah, you can say that, but also <laughs> Wichita went for a two point conversion after that and missed it. So, uh, the Washington did. Um. So, but with that being said, uh, I think the Browns game. I think one thing that that I looked at was I I thought it was a self destruction by the Steelers. I still think the Steelers they play that game ten times, win that game eight times. The first play of the game, you snap the ball over the quarterback's head for a touchdown. Okay. All right, next drive. You're driving down the field. Ben throws a, a screen pass interception where he throws it over the running back's head, picked off. Okay. I mean, B- Big Ben throws three interceptions in the first quarter. You're down 28 points in the first quarter, and they still brought it back to be a 12-point game uh, late in the third. But one of the things that we did when I was at Clemson, we used to play three out of five sets on uh, challenge matches when I was on the tennis team. And if you got down two sets to none, there were a lot of guys that came back and won the next two sets. I never saw a person come back and win that fifth. It takes a lot of effort when you're down by a lot to come all the way back. And, um, you know, I think that's what happened with the Steelers. I think the Steelers played that game a a few more times. I think they win that game pretty convincingly. But, hey, that is what it is. Um, I picked the – I said I thought the Ravens had a a good chance of beating the the Titans, but I just thought giving three points up was too much. Um, and, and I blame Mike Vrabel for not going for it on fourth and two yards from the Baltimore 40 with five minutes to go in the game. There have been 76 of those instances in the NFL this year where you're down by one score or less and have less than two yards and you're in between the opponent's 50 and 35. 
75 times they've gone for it. The only time they didn't was this one. Why? Um, anyways. <laughs> Big Ben, no, Brable. Uh, that, that was, that was Derrick Henry. Brable, and, and talking about, uh, I'm talking about, no, no. And, and the, the Mike Tomlin when they talked about him going for it was like fourth and five. I still, I mean, I, I probably would have gone for it, but it wasn't like a no-brainer. Mike Brable, five minutes to go. Fourth and two two yards on on Baltimore's forty. Like you're almost in field goal range. Like you know, that that made no sense. I saw he done um, six times this season. He's been inside his opponent's forty five um, and punted on uh, fourth and two uh, fourth or two or less. And they were saying that uh, that like basically like it was more than every other coach in the NFL this year. Yeah, but the thing that, that baffles me, I get that if you're the Rams. Right, like if you're the Rams and you're great on on defense, like I get it. the The Titans are terrible on defense. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They were the worst defensive team in the playoffs. So I, I, that strategy never made sense to me. But whatever, they they end up losing that one. Um, and so I lose the Titans bet. I lose the Browns bet. Push on the Washington game, and then the Bills decide they didn't want to cover this the six and a half points. Um. They gave up a whole lot of those late scores towards the end. Let let uh, Jonathan Taylor, who turned into a monster at the end of the year, run over them. And to be honest, they had a chance of losing that game. Uh, if the Colts didn't get stupid aggressive at the beginning of the game, going forward on fourth and goal, and, and it was open, but Phil Rivers missed the throw again. I, I mean, they, they just didn't cover. So I expect this week to come back strong. Um, I did this earlier in the year where I got down $1,000 early on, and then it was like, all right, let me just hit on 75% of my picks. Uh, and, and I don't know if that's good enough now. I think I should just hit on 100%, so I plan on doing that today. I'll say 1,000%. All right, fellas, Jeremy, let's talk about your best this week, man. You had a solid week. Yeah, man, just, you know, um, as uh, the now infamous O.J. Simpson said when they asked him, how, you know, what he was doing on the, the day that his then ex-wife got killed, he said, you know, I was just out, you know, doing what I do. And that's what I do. I just I was doing what I do, making right picks, and uh, now I am in the positive. So overall, uh, all those games Jared picked, I picked the opposite, except for uh, for the Bills. I picked the Bills, and I should have known if we were on the same side of it, it was probably going to be wrong. So uh, Jared, my bad. I should have picked the opposite on all of them. But anyway, uh, going into this week. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, much better than last week because two, uh, two one and one is not good enough. I say I need to be, um, you know, straight up four and zero in these games, and that's what I intend to do. So, um, you know, I'll let Jared go through his picks, and then I can just pick the opposite on all of them this week. No, no, I, I think you, you're expecting me to go first because the, I've been in the lead so much that I've always gone first. But now you're you're in the lead now, so you, you get you get the chance to go first. I have no issue with that. I'm just not looking. I, I don't have access to the to the to the lines right now. I was trying to get the lines for me. I'm not really concerned with your picks. Give me the lines, and I'll tell you what my pick is. Sure. All right, you got the Kansas City Chiefs minus ten versus the Cleveland Broncos. I mean, Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm actually gonna go to the Chiefs, man. I um I've kind of talked myself out of it. I just don't trust Baker. I think when you put Baker put the pressure on Baker, where if they get up by two or three touchdowns, or and uh, Baker's forced to have to win that game, I don't trust Baker to be able to do that, and I expect Kansas City to come out on fire. Uh, mainly, and this is why I kind of changed my mind, I thought about the Andy Reid uh, after a bye uh, scenarios. You know, he kind of – his teams are always kind of perfect out of those. Um, so 
you know, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to cover the 10 points. Okay. You got the Rams and the Packers. Packers are minus six and a half. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Rams in that game. Um, Jared Goffel is going to be playing, but um, I think Aaron Donald is going to have a big impact in this game. I think with Jalen Ramsey, not only not only do I think Jalen Ramsey will do a solid job on Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers has a history of simply staying away from the from elite cornerbacks. I remember when they used to play against Richard Sherman, he just wouldn't throw it aside. So um, I, I, I think he's going to kind of stay away from Devontae, which I think can come back to harm him. Um, and I think they're going to, it's going to be a, a good defensive battle, but, uh, you know, with the run game of the Rams, I think they could be a little bit more physical on both lines and it's supposed to be, you know, possible snow. So uh, obviously Jared Goff is not going to throw the ball. Well, if it comes down to Jared Goff throwing the ball, it's going to be a long week, but, uh, you know, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, them covering. Now I would tell you this, if you're going to bet this game in real life, it always pays to buy the extra half dollar. I mean, that's half points. But better to seven, and you'll be fine. I mean, don't don't be trying to be cheap and leave it at you know minus one ten. It's going to take it to minus one twenty. Get get the minus seven, and then you get the full juice. And then next thing you know, um, you know if it is a touchdown game, they lose. Hey, you're still set. So just a little word of advice. Okay, and then you got the Bills minus two and a half versus the Ravens. Um. That was a, a tough one for me, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I, I um I really like the 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 way Lamar's been playing. I didn't like the way that Bills defense looked uh against the um uh, against the Colts. I don't think the Colts are I mean the Colts are a solid running team and they got a great offensive line, but they can't run the ball like the uh, like the Ravens can. So if you struggle to stop the Ravens or start stop the Colts running the ball against the Ravens, you're gonna have some big issues. So um I think Lamar's gonna go off. I see that being a a Ravens win. Not only a cover, but a win. Okay, and you got the Saints minus three uh, versus the Bucks. That was the easiest one uh, all week. Uh, the Saints are going to destroy the, the Buccaneers. I heard what Damon said. It's pure nonsense. Um, Tom Brady hasn't played anybody in the last five weeks. You know what this sounds very familiar to? To what? What I was telling you guys before we played them last time. And y'all were saying, oh, man, they got it together since the last time y'all played them. And, you know, now they're playing like the best team in football. And I said, look, they haven't played anybody. When they play us, they're going to get destroyed. Because they're our little brothers, and their line can't block our line. Their bigs aren't as good as our bigs, and you can practice as much as you want. But if your bigs can't block our bigs, you're going to have a big issue. Um, we have the cornerbacks that no one else, like they haven't played against a team with really good cornerbacks since the game they played against the uh, the Rams, and the Rams shut them down too. So basically, we can man up across the board. We can get there with four. We can stop the run with four. So what we're going to do? Tom Brady's been trying to throw the ball all over the top all um, the last few games. And what we do, we will um, man up across the board, put two safeties up high, cover everything deep, press to the line. And we got Malcolm Jenkins who will throw him, Gronk, uh, disrupt him. And then we're going to go get the quarterback. And when, when nobody's open after two seconds, Brady's going to get hit. And then he's going to get tired of getting hit. And then he's going to start throwing picks. Um, and then if you guys want to just be 100% honest, it's a complete mismatch with Todd Bowles' defensive scheme going against Sean Payton. Sean Payton eats it up. He did it when he, when he had Teddy Bridgewater last year. They put up 30 points. Then the next game, we played against that defense when they had when they had Drew Brees. He put up 35 points, and then they put up 38 points last game. Uh, Sean Payton's offensive scheme is is suited for that terrible uh, defensive scheme of blitzing. You don't blitz Drew Brees, and that's what they're comfortable doing. So um, I see that game being a complete blowout. 
Um, maybe not uh, not as bad as the first one or as the last one, but I see it being along the lines of 38-20. I, I see Tom Brady getting some garbage points in late. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a blowout. Um, one, one last thing I'd like to say, just um, over the last, uh, I want to say since, since the playoffs started, there's been 22 times that a team has uh, played a, beaten the team twice and then played them again in the playoffs. Those teams are 14 and 8, so they're winning about, you know, close to 60%. So um, I said, you know, there's a much higher percentage of chance that we're going to win this game uh, than 60%. So a little stat for you. All right, cool, Jeremy. Uh, Jared, what are your picks, man? What you got going on this weekend? Listen, sometimes, you know, it's – it's. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys some life advice. You know, you're young – you know, you're, you're fresh out of college. You're like, you, you think it's cool to like, hey, look, I can, I can, I can date all these girls, all the, but, but, you know, when you realize you get older, you realize, hey, look, sometimes you just got to realize that the one is the one you should go with. And that's how I feel this week. I have all these four games and there's one I really like and the other ones I don't like as much. So, you know what I'm doing? I'm betting the full thousand on the Packers minus six and a half versus the Rams. Yes, I know I set you guys up early on and said, yeah, you know, Aaron Donald, he could come back and, you know, Cam Akers. But you know what it really boils down to? You have one team that's going to be playing in the snow. The other team is coming from L.A. You, you're not – as much as you you can try to prepare for that, you can't prepare for it to be negative 5, 10, 15 degrees, and you've been used to being 70 degrees all year long. Next, you know what you also have to deal with? You have to deal with Aaron, with, with Aaron Donald having – a rib contusion. You want to know what doesn't feel great? Having problems with your ribs, and every time you try to take off, somebody just jamming their hand into your ribs. Because that's exactly what's going to happen every time he tries to rush the passer. I think that's going to be uh, limiting for him. And although I think there is, you know, with, with um, David Bakhtiari missing on the line for the for the Packers, that's going to be somewhat of a liability. He missed oh, games oh, earlier. I think in the you season. left out their 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 other tackle was out with a. Uh... With COVID, so. But the the other tackle wasn't actually on the team. He came from the practice squad of the Colts this year. So I'm not I, this week. He literally played for the Colts this week. So I'm not no, really no, no, concerned no, about that. that. No, that's why the other guy came over from the Colts. Uh, the guy who came from the Colts is the guy who got it. That's why they said he he's not he's no longer going to be the first one to play in two. Okay. Um, so I, I think the reality is this: I expect Aaron Rodgers to be able to play well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's a great corner. The problem is, if you're DK Metcalf or one of those receivers who thinks you you can out physical Jalen Ramsey, you can't. Jalen Ramsey is a, I mean, he's a dude, and so I think if you got a guy like Devontae Smith who is just so effortlessly slick moving, like just you can't you can't really stay on him. Um, he, he's, he's Adams trying to avoid Devontae Smith. I mean, both of them. I mean, golly, we could talk about the national championship game. Devontae Adams, uh, he's just so slithery. I don't think Jalen's going to be able to keep his hands on him for a lot. I think he's going to still have a big day. I would expect Robert Tanyan to have a big day because their linebacking core is probably the biggest suspect part of their defense. Uh, and I think the, the Packers are going to win the game by 14 points because when you take Cole Weather, a, a team from L.A., and Jarek Goffel with his broken thumb already – but his tiny hands in the cold snow weather, I'm not sure if any – and I say tiny hands. If, you, if you're 6'4 and you're Jared Goff or whatever, I think he's 6'4, and your hands are like you know normal people size, then according to NFL, you have small hands. If you guys – for me, I don't have huge hands. 
have you ever thrown an NFL football when it's cold? Like I, I've gotten to, like there with those huge footballs, like you can throw it, but it ain't like you can grip that thing. And I think that's really going to be an issue. Um, ball security with a with a thumb that just had surgery two weeks ago. Um, he didn't look good in the game last week. I fully expect the Packers to win it by fourteen. Yeah. Book it for a thousand dollars. Because I know yep. um, to me that's nonsense. And I wanted to ask you a, a couple reasons why. Number one, I saw this team uh, play in Green Bay. Um, in snow a, a couple weeks ago, and they struggled mightily with the Panthers of all teams. Um, they couldn't really move the ball in the second half of the game. Um, and that Panthers defense isn't close to as good as uh, as this uh, as this Rams team. So that, that was one of the things I want to ask you about. Secondly, um, Aaron Donald's going to get you know obviously he's going to get an injection before the game starts, and he's going to be. Uh, able to play without, you know, nearly as much pain. Now, I do agree with you on the, on, the, on, the, on the hand thing, but nobody's really put up points against the Rams lately. And as long as they don't turn the ball over, I don't see the Packers being able to do it either. And so uh, – Jeremy, Jeremy, as much as you say they str- they struggled in the second half, I would agree, that game. But I don't think that was more because of the snow because they scored 21 points in the first half. So I don't think that had anything to do with the snow. I just think no, that was the game Aaron got, got hit a lot. Yeah, but I mean, I just think it was one game they they were out of sync. They, I saw that game similarly versus the Jaguars earlier in the year. I just think it was a game they were they they didn't really take the Panthers that seriously. They scored twenty one really quickly. I think they probably took their foot off the gas, and, and, and I, I don't I don't expect that to be the case here. And even in that game, they still covered six and a half points. They won by eight. So, um, and the the other part of it is, I will agree with you. Like Aaron Donald is going to be able to try to numb it up. But, man, you got broken ribs. Like, there's only so much you can do to numb it up if I keep jamming my hands into your ribs. So uh, he better have a good flak jacket. I just expect I, – I, I don't expect Jared Goff to be able to put up more than seven, ten points. I really don't. I, he, I, I, Jeremy, they played last week. How many points did their offense put up? They're, I mean, we, we, we can look way better than uh, the Packers. Jeremy, Jeremy, what, what is? Huh? What'd you say? I said Seattle's defense is way better than the Packers. Seattle's defense isn't better than the Packers. Seattle's defense is terrible. Jared, you realize they were you uh, realize they were number one in scoring over the last eight weeks? Yes. Did you realize their schedule over the last eight weeks was uh nine of the or eight of the worst teams in the league? If you look at it, after the last eight weeks, they had the easiest schedule in the league. That was the reason why they went on that run when I told you earlier in the season that I thought they were uh they were uh, overrated. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to keep prolonging this, but let's go ahead and and, uh, and agree to disagree, and, and we'll agree that I was right next week. Ah, yeah, man, definitely a lot of good games to look forward to. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to be glued to my TV this weekend. I hope everybody else is as well. Um, if you're in Atlanta, you know it's cold right now, so, you know, uh, make sure you guys are staying warm out there. It's, it's definitely uh, – uh, Crowd around the fireplace, eat some chili, and watch some good football. Uh, you know, type of type of uh, weekend coming up. So, um, any parting words before we get up out of here, fellas? Shout out to Robert Sala. He just got uh, hired as the head coach for the Jets. So another minority hire. Robert Sala was actually the coach I wanted for the Texans, but did a fantastic job with the Forty ers I expect him to do the same. He got the Jets head coaching job, five year deal. So, um, you know, as as much as I would have loved him to be on the Texans. I wouldn't wish the Texans on him. 
Good luck in the, with New York. I think he'll get a new quarterback. If not, he'll get a lot of talent. He may get Devontae Smith and a couple others, a couple guards and, or tackles or whatever. I think he'll do a good job with the Jets. Yeah, that's um, yeah, shout out to him. That's a, a really good um, good thing. But I got an even better one though, because you know there's an Aggie who just got hired to be the GM for um, for the Lions, Brad Holmes. He uh, played football at A&T from 98 to 2001. He's been with the Rams organization since then and just got hired today to in a five-year contract to be the general manager of the Lions. Let's go, Aggie Pride. That's awesome. I saw that earlier as well. Shout out to him, yeah. man. I wonder what, what year did he come uh, out? 01. 01, okay. So he uh, – he was he left right when I was uh, getting there that fall, man. So shout out to him. But uh, as always, th- thank you guys for tuning in to us another week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Amibros underscore podcast. Uh, and we will check in with you guys next week. We'll see how these bets went. Um, as always, God bless you guys. Stay healthy. Wear your mask. And we are out. Wear your mask. <laughs>